Welcome to Limitations on Property Rights. In most cases, property rights can be very limited. The term encumbrance is used to refer to restrictions that limit real property rights. Local, state, and federal governments strictly regulate what property owners can do with their property. We're going to discuss four basic government limitations. You can remember them with the acronym PEAT, P-E-T-E. P stands for police power. The government has the right to regulate private activity if it's in the public interest to do so. They use local zoning ordinances and building codes. The E and PEAT stands for eminent domain. This is the government's right to sell privately owned property if it's in the public interest. The term condemnation is the legal process for taking the land. The T and PEAT stands for taxes. Municipal property taxes are the primary source of revenue for municipal governments. The letter E at the end of PEAT stands for escheat. The state has a reversionary interest in all privately owned property. If an owner passes away without a will or without any heirs, their property transfers to the government. This is known as escheat. Let's dive into zoning ordinances, also known as laws regulating land use. The zoning laws for Massachusetts are found in Chapter 40A as the Zoning Enabling Act. Towns often use master plans drafted by a planning commission to plan their future development. Zoning may include rules about building use, heights, setbacks, lot size, and buffer zones. Properties can take many forms under zoning ordinances. Let's go through them together. Single family homes. That's a property containing one unit. Multi-family homes. A property containing several different units that are not subdivided. Condominiums. Subdivided units contained within shared common areas. Cooperatives. Shared property owned by a company or corporation. Mixed-use developments. Properties containing multiple uses, such as retail and residential condominiums. Planned unit developments. Mixed-use land developments that are often exempt from certain zoning regulations. Next, we will discuss ways to bypass zoning. Non-conforming use. Properties can be grandfathered or exempted under zoning if a structure was legal when it was built, even if zoning has subsequently changed. Through variance. Or by special permission to do something otherwise forbidden by the zoning rules. Then we have conditional use permits, referred to as special use permits. You can think of this as a limited variance. It allows commercial or residential use that normally wouldn't be permitted in an area. The difference between variance and conditional use permits are that you are restricted to a specific use case that is deemed to be in the public interest. 
For example, only used for a supermarket. Towns usually use conditional use permits instead of use variances, which leads to converted use properties. An example of a use variance is allowing residential property to be used commercially. The process to obtain either a variance or conditional use permit varies in every municipality. It most often works like this. First, the property owner applies for building permits with a local zoning enforcement officer or building inspector to build what they want. The officer or inspector checks local zoning rules and determines if the proposed structure is allowed. If all is well, they will receive approval and can build what they like, but they are still subjected to the local rules. If by chance the building permits is denied, the property owner can appeal the decision to the local zoning board of appeals, also known as ZBA. They do this by applying for a variance or conditional use permit. The ZBA will review the application. They look for any hardship that is imposed on the property owner by local zoning rules and any negative impact the proposed building might have on the community. A public hearing is held to allow neighbors to comment on community impact and this influences the ZBA's final decision. To gain approval, a property owner must often show that their enjoyment of the property is unreasonably impacted by local zoning rules or that a variance is necessary for their property to have a worthwhile use. Often a successful owner will show there is something unique about their property that requires the approval of a variance or conditional use permit, so they may fully enjoy their property rights. For example, they might have a river that cuts through their property, whereas other properties do not. Now let's talk about building codes. They're referred to as enacted ordinances. They set requirements for kinds of materials to be used and standards for construction of all aspects of a building. For example, roofing, plumbing, fire prevention, and electrical wiring. Many communities require a building permit to be issued by the city clerk before a person can build, alter, or repair a structure on property. The permit requirement makes city officials aware of construction or alterations, and they can verify compliance with both building codes and zoning ordinances. They simply examine the plans and inspect the work. After inspection and everything is found to be satisfactory, the city inspector issues a certificate of occupancy. A property can be conveyed without a certificate, but may not be lived in. Brokers should protect the best interests of their clients by ensuring that a certificate of occupancy is included in the settlement documents. It's important to know if the construction or alteration of a building violates a deed restriction. The issuance of a building permit will not cure this violation. A building permit only proves the applicant's compliance with municipal regulations. If a conflict arises, rights of the adjoining owners in the subdivision to enforce deed restrictions will typically prevail over police power legislation of the community. 
Now that is if the restrictions are more limiting. So now that you know a little bit about public restrictions, let's go over private limitations. CC and R's are private limitations or restrictions that are contractual limitations on ownership created by deed or separate agreement. There are two basic kinds. Covenants, which are restrictions created by the developer of a subdivision or planned unit development. The developer or another owner can enforce the covenants by court action, but they must be enforced consistently and uniformly against all property owners and a subdivision to remain legal and enforceable. The second type of CCNR is a deed restriction. Deed restrictions are limitations written into a deed. They create a fee-simple defeasible estate, which we discuss in the episode on methods of ownership. You should know that restrictions run with the land, meaning they're binding on future owners of the property as well as the current owner. The last topic we're going to cover in this episode is taxes. Property taxes are paid to the town or the city where property is located. They are calculated against the assessed value or tax value of property. This is known as an ad valorem tax, meaning at value. All property subject to tax is listed on a municipal tax roll. The total taxes collected by the municipality is referred to as the tax base. Property taxes pay for local services such as schools and trash pickup. Property taxes are paid in mills, dollars. Taxes are paid on a fiscal year running from July 1st to June 30th, and they are due 11 1 and 5 1. If paid quarterly, they're due 8 1, 11 1, 2 1, and 5 1. Be aware of special assessments, which are a special tax for any betterments to your property. You're going to need to know how to calculate taxes. So I will put the formula and the notes on this episode. But for now, let's just go over an example. What is the annual property tax on a $100,000 home that is assessed at 40% of its value in a town with a millage rate of $20 per $1,000? Start with finding the ad valorem tax. Take 100,000, multiply the tax rate of 40%, so that should be 100,000 multiplied by 0.4, should give you 40,000. Then determine how many thousands are in the assessed value. So take 40,000 divided by 1,000, that'll give you 40. The last thing you wanna do is multiply 40 by the millage rate of $20 per 1,000. This will give you $800 in taxes. This is your step-by-step real estate exam prep. 